0: Welcome to the Bless You Boys podcast, where the editorial staff of BlessYouBoys.com The SB Nation's Detroit Tigers blog kicks around the past week or two, in this case, of Detroit Tigers baseball. I'm your host, Al Beaton, co-managing editor of Bless You Boys. We took the last couple weeks off. Two weeks ago, I was deathly ill, and so was Hookslide. Last week, Kurt was just a little too tied up with his... Journalistic duties in Lakeland. We'll talk all about that when, um, when we get to that part of the podcast. Regardless of that, let's get the introductions out of the way. and just remind everybody who you are. So first off, one of our humorous on Bless You Boys, along with Phil Coke's brain, he, he's uh, part of the tag team
1: that brings the the pain, maybe? <laughs>
0: <And> <laughs> that is Hook Slide. How's things on the west side of the state, Hook Slide?
1: Looking better all the time. A little bit warmer. And, uh, yeah, I bring the pain. I bring the funny. Sometimes it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah the commenters would agree.
0: Also, uh, we uh, he's back from Florida. Um, I think probably a little tanner. Feeling a little better about life after living in the, the seven degree sun for over a week. He's co-managing editor of Bless You Boys, a columnist for the Detroit News, and a Renaissance man in the UP, and that would be Kurt Menching. Kurt, welcome back to Michigan.
2: No. <laughs> I reject this idea.
0: Kurt's having a rough time of it as uh, I, as we talked to him before the podcast. All we got it is fucking snowing again, and oh, uh, well, that's you're in the UP, you know. It's uh, uh, well. Why am I in the UP? I, well, well, we'll get to all yeah. that when we talk about your trip to Florida and your adventures with um, with Brad Osmus, Jim Leland, and um, Miguel Cabrera. So. Uh, before we get to all the fun stuff, along with the latest Tigers news involving Mike Illich, Andy Dirks, uh, Jose Iglesias, and uh, Ian Kinsler, uh, if you want to contact us, you can email us at bybtigers at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter, at Bless You Boys. We're on the Facebook, facebook.com slash byb.tigers. You can also email us at bybpodcast at gmail.com. So uh, any uh, love letters, hate mail, just want to say, hey, that's how you can contact us. All right, with that, let's, uh, well, we're a little behind here. It's been a couple of weeks, so, but we have to start with Kurt's adventures in Lakeland. If you've been reading, uh, Bless You Boys, the Detroit News, what he's been posting on Facebook and Twitter, uh, you know that Kurt has been exploring, had been exploring Lakeland and, uh, it, its environment, spending a lot of time at Joker Margin Stadium, and generally getting a feel of this new look Tigers team with their new manager, Brad Ausmus. So, uh, Kurt, I don't know if this is going to depress you talking about not being in Florida, but from all accounts, it sounds like you had a great time down there.
2: You know, everyone should go to spring training, truly. Everyone needs to get down there. You you hear about it, and and then you hear everyone say that's been there, everyone should go, and you you don't understand until you're there. But uh, the stadium is beautiful. The, The players are relaxed and pretty accessible for the fans. That you know, it, it, it's such a small ballpark. I, you know, I don't know what it sits like, maybe eight thousand altogether. Uh, but it, every seat seems like it's right on top of the field. You know, it's it, it, it's an amazing place. It, it, it really is, and and maybe the most amazing part of all is seeing grass and feeling warm in February. So mm-hmm. that that alone is worth it. I I don't think you even have to see any baseball. Just get the hell out of Michigan. You'll you'll be happy.
0: And you did see uh, 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 some um, inhabitants of Bless You Boys as well, didn't
2: you? Oh uh, yeah, you know uh, Ian Castleberry and uh, and MCD. They were they they arrived just before the uh, Florida Southern game, so the, I think they arrived on Monday. Uh, hung out with them for a couple of nights, had dinner. Ian made me go to Mongolian Grill, which I <laughs> I don't understand and. I don't understand why anyone would go there, frankly. But, you know, we're, we're not here to be a food blog yet. Uh, but but Ian and Dee, they were really cool. Uh, Allison and uh, the, the better half or the worst half of Allison, yeah. you decide. Craig Calcaterra, they were staying in the same hotel with me until Craig saw a cockroach. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I saw that post on his Hardball Talk blog. And, <laughs>
2: uh, and they picked the hotel. So they, they saw a cockroach and they left me there. So that was lovely. But I... I, I did not see a cockroach, uh, I, you know, so I...
0: Yeah, actually, I, I think uh, the consensus was he was mistaken. It was actually a palmetto bug.
2: I would not be surprised. I think I saw a palmetto bug, but not a cockroach. I would know a cockroach. Well, they're
0: they're big damn bugs anyway, so... <laughs> well,
2: yeah, but, I mean, seriously, Florida, there's going to be bugs. Who cares?
0: Let me ask you a little bit about the Tigers. I know you got to spend a lot of time in the, covering the team. You were in the locker room. You... Uh, met a lot of the players, spent a lot of time in the press box. What's your take on uh, this new-look Tigers team and uh, maybe your thoughts on talking to some of the players?
2: Oh, well, Miguel Cabrera called me a puda. Yes, he you know, did. That was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got hazed by, by, by Cabrera. He hazes everyone, and he has a good time, and he's just a big, you know. So, mm-hmm. but, so that it, It's just funny for, in that sense. He I asked him about five questions, and I didn't get a single thing I could actually run. So now I understand, <laughs> I understand why he's never actually quoted in the newspapers. It's because he doesn't say anything, and he mm-hmm. knows it. So, yeah. you know, props to him. Uh, well, one of the funny ones was I went to talk to Danny Worth. Cause, uh, that, that was after, I believe it's the, the day Iglesias' uh, shin splints came mm-hmm. out. And so Danny Worth is going to be, you know, a guy who might be able to make the team. If he can prove that he's a decent shortstop, and he played actually third base that day, but uh, so I, you know, I went to talk to Danny Worth, and his locker's right next to Andy Dirks. So I'm going up to him, and Andy Dirks sticks his, his baseball bat out like a recorder in in Worth's face, and he says, "So, Danny, you played all nine innings today. Talk about that." <laughs> and, and I just I, I crack up laughing, and Dirks is like, "What? Go on in." You know? <laughs> You can you can join me. And I'm like, Well, you just asked my question He's like, I did not ask your question. I said, You you actually just asked my question. So I I asked the question and and, and worth didn't give me anything worth running. But <clears throat> otherwise everyone else, you know, it, it it was just like that. Yeah, it's so it's so relaxed in there. Cabrera doesn't stop laughing, Bruce Rondon doesn't stop laughing, uh, Albuquerque is exactly as you would picture him from his Instagram feed. Uh it, it, you know, it, it, it was really easy going, and, you know, I, I, I asked about expectations for a couple of guys until they got sick of the question, and they don't even know there's life outside the locker room, as far as I can tell, so yeah. they don't care. So Did you they, get to uh,
0: talk to Brad Ausmus at all?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a morning session and an evening session every mm-hmm. you know every day. They're supposed to be 10 minutes, but Brad, he gets off topic easily by reporters just kind of nudging him this way or that, and he's just so... Uh, Tell stories, or he just starts, you know, talks about his theories. That he's a very, very brainy manager. He's a, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the media are going to absolutely love him for as long as he's a manager. I, I swear to you. I mean, I, I say that and people go, well, after 162 games, you might get tired of each other, but I mean, and that's true. But you know, he 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 he, he, ha- he has it. I say he's, mm-hmm. he's a rock star. He has he has that special something. Tell him where you you know he 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 has it, and if 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 the Tigers win, my goodness, he's going to be like, you know, the talk of 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 the entire nation. He just has it, and, and it's it you you see it instantly, and you, you listen to him talk. I, I mean, it, it it's something, and and on top of it, he seems to know what he's doing as a manager. He runs a good clubhouse. He, he he's not he's not reinventing the wheel here. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got. He's got uh, a couple of experienced guys around him who've been in, you know, many spring trainings past with this team. So uh, it, it's, it, it's running very smooth. I didn't know if I was going to – I didn't, you know, go in expecting it was going to be a complete circus, but mm-hmm. I, I did not expect it to be running this smooth when I, when I got there. It, it, it's really something to behold.
0: Uh, yeah, bringing up uh, Craig, he, he wrote an article about Osmus as well, and one of his money quotes is that uh, Osmus gives off a vibe of being the smartest guy in a room. Did you get that impression as well?
2: Oh, sure. Sure. Although usually I think I'm the smartest man.
0: Did you run into Jim Leland as well? Because from all accounts, uh, from what I've been reading, uh, he looks like a new man. Now he doesn't have the pressure of managing on his shoulders.
2: He got a bounce in his step. I tell you what, he bounced into the, uh, you know, the, the, the the is you know, fenced off from, from the, the general fans. He, he just bounced in there. He shaking hands with everyone from the media. He's shouting at Don Kelly and greeting mm-hmm. every player he knows who's coming out of the clubhouse. You know, he he's just having a good he, – he told us stories for like 10 or 15 straight minutes, you know, and and, and all of them were off the record. So, so yeah. I can't repeat them. But he, he – I mean, like 10 or 15 straight minutes. Uh, and, of course, you know, the funny thing is, is, you know, at Joker Marchant Stadium, the, the PA, I time to time, reminds you that Joker Marchant is a non-smoking stadium. Meanwhile, Jim Leland is non-stop. <laughs> yeah, he's a chimney. <laughs> so, the only place you don't you don't see Leland smoking is is on the field, so he mm-hmm. just smoke on the field. But everywhere else, he you would find him with a cigarette in his hand. You could tell he'd been talking to Brad Ausmus because one day you you know you we walked into the office and there's a pack of cigarettes on Brad Ausmus's desk. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, he, you know, he he came up to me on the field and you know it, it shocked me because I forget that people actually see what I look like and read me. And, mm-hmm. But he just come up to me on the field. Hey, Kurt, what's up? <laughs> like I'm like, what, you know? Uh, and, and then it, we're we're just chatting about Michigan or something, and uh, and he's telling me what he likes about Joker March and how he likes the uh, you know the old English D on the berm. And and Mike Matheny comes up, and Jim's like, Mike, have you met Kurt? And he introduces me to Mike Matheny, and It's just like, this, this is my life, <laughs> you know. This it's it's almost surreal at that point. Uh,
0: I'm I'm sure it was you know as as. as for the most part, spending the last couple of years in the UP as pretty much a blogger, it must have been nice to maybe stretch your your writing uh, legs a little bit and uh, do some actual on-site reporting. So uh, I gotta agree; I love a lot of the stuff you had coming out of Florida. So uh, uh, I hope you uh, you'll be able to continue giving that kind of coverage.
2: Well, I, I would love to. I, if we could only get all the readers to donate, you know, a large amount of money yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we I can was, all go
1: yeah
2: yeah you know but yeah I, I was a reporter for most of my professional life and mm-hmm. and it's, it's fun to be a reporter again and it's it's good because you got an idea for a storyline you can just ask your own damn question you don't gotta you don't gotta look for quotes that somebody else got you know if you got mm-hmm. an idea you know I I talked to Matheny I asked him you know in my Detroit News column almost every quote you know from Matheny was was questions that I was asking so you know it's, it's good when when you know you can drive your own story for once, and, and I think you saw that when I'm driving my own story, the stories turn out better. So I, I was I was really happy.
0: Yeah, and I got that impression from your Facebook tweet. You're you're giddy when you're in
1: Florida. So,
0: <laughs> but uh, one more question before we move on to our Tigers topics and get Hook Slide back in the conversation. Uh, do you feel better about? brad osmus uh, taking over this team now that you've actually seen him in action and the re- what's going on in the locker room because that's really been the biggest question mark with osmus coming into this year is how is he going to handle uh, this team of 25 players that have a lot of very um, well a lot of highly paid veterans and from from your comments it sounds like he has hit the ground running taking taking what jim leland had and has just managed to keep the ball rolling
2: well, you know, it's, it's his leadership. People will follow him because he's Brad Ausmus. You, you know, you, you just see it. Some people are born leaders. He's yeah. a born leader. And, you know, he's he's proven what he can do on the field. He's a, he's a guy with experience. The players absolutely love him. I mean, to a, to a person that talks to the players, absolutely love him. And you don't expect them to say, no, I don't like this like here. But, but, I mean, you could... He, you can tell when people are just giving out the quote they're supposed to versus, you know, their eyes lighting up and, and they go expound further. And you can tell the players really like the guy. So, you know, I, that won't be an issue. You, you know, he came in with a plan. And he said, we're going to mm-hmm. we're gonna run the bases aggressively, go into some outs. That's fine. I want the players to see for themselves what they're capable of so that when we get to the regular season, they'll know if they can stretch that extra 90 feet or if they can't. So we're just going to give them the green light as much as possible. So they can learn these things and and we'll be as aggressive as we can in the regular season, not this aggressive, but we'll be aggressive as we can because of what we've done this spring. So, you know, he's coming into it with all these ideas. You ain't going to see the same team that you saw last October. This is a team that is going to look radically different to, to the fans. And I think they're really going to like this style of play. I mean, I I, I really enjoyed watching it, so they're going to like it.
0: I hope so. I really hope so. Cause, uh, that the lack of power is still concerning to me, but again, it's still spring, and we'll find out a lot more in about three weeks when um, opening day rolls around. But All right, with that, let's move on to some of the latest Tigers news. What made a lot of uh, noise this week was um, Mike Illich finally admitting he has health issues. On the eve of retiring a number of one of the Detroit Red Wings' all-time greats, defenseman Nick Lidstrom. Uh, Mike Ilitch, who owns both obviously the Tigers and Red Wings, released a statement saying why he would not be in attendance for the retirement ceremony. And the octogenarian, he's 84, admitted to uh, in his words to undergoing a medical procedure which has kept him from team activities. Uh, and looking back, it's been he's been pretty much incommunicado for a good year and a half, almost two years. His last time he appeared at a Tigers function was when they introduced Tory Hunter as a Tiger in November 2012, and rumors are he has, it's been even longer since he's done anything, uh, he's been involved in anything with the Red Wings. So, uh, there's been obviously rumors going around that his health was failing. He looked awfully frail and in ill health when he accepted the, uh, the 2012 pennant trophy, the AL Championship trophy, and he was very conspicuous in his absence last year during the playoff run. So, uh, let me start with you, Hookslide, get you back in the conversation here. This is, I think, a big concern to Tigers fans is what's going to happen to this team once uh, Mike Illich shuffles off this mortal coil, so to speak. I mean, uh, if you look at the Detroit Pistons, that's kind of a worst-case scenario, because ever since Bill Davidson died, uh, that team has really been mired in dysfunction, controversy, a lot of mismanagement uh, under the new ownership of Tom Gore's. And they're they're still trying to find a way after losing the man who shepherded them the three uh, world titles. So, uh, what's your thoughts on Mike Ellis's health and how this might affect the Tigers?
1: Uh, of course, he's sick. You know, of course mm-hmm. he's going to be having health problems. He came off the boat with Noah. You know, <laughs> he's old enough to be in that in that place. So, um, you know, but as far as how that how that impacts the Tigers going downstream, you know, from that. I mean, obviously, he's not going to live forever, Mm -hmm. right? So we might as well just kind of get used to the concept, Um, you know, but what happens after that? that, that There's no percentage in worrying at this Mm -hmm. point, you know? Yeah, something horrible could happen that could go to a new owner and that he could just flush the whole team down the toilet, but maybe not. Yeah. Something else could happen. So it's kind of like, you know, don't worry about it.
0: Well, uh, let me ask you this. You get the impression that there's some sort of succession plan uh, with Illich Holdings with maybe one of his kids
1: that would maybe ultimately take over the team? I hope so. Yeah. I have no idea, you know. I've never. But that's, I, I that's the, the
0: logical it. thing you would hope that they have,
1: have in place. Yeah, and I, I would think that would depend on whether or not his, you know, his, his kids want anything to do with running the team. Right. You know, and maybe they already are. Maybe some of them are already involved in that kind of, you know, as a family business or whatever. It's, it's just hard to say.
0: hmm Yeah, because as we saw at the Pistons, when Bill Davidson died, his widow wanted nothing to do with the team and essentially spent two years trying to sell it. And during those two years, uh, General Manager Joe Dumars was literally unable to do anything when it came to fixing mistakes, making trades, uh, you know, uh, signing for agents. So uh, obviously that's that's the the worst-case scenario,
1: obviously. Well, I'm taking up a collection now. (laughs) Because I want to buy the team, so if you guys want to contribute to that, I have a Kickstarter already, you know, set up and out there. So, yeah, maybe you should
0: me. set up an Indiegogo as well, and um. <laughs> one of those two. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Kurt, uh, what's your take on the um, on the Mike Illich announcement? Because uh, there have been rumors for quite some time he's been in ill health, and this kind of brings it all to the forefront that maybe this team needs a kind of little, maybe it gives them a little more sense of urgency to win a world series for him, because that really seems to be the one thing he wants before he uh, passes on. He desperately wants a world series title.
2: Well, if they win it, then what happens? Then they'll, they'll be at fault.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: but, but uh, as far as, as far as, you know, I, I, I know, and I've, I've seen, I, I think Chris Illich is already running the team. So, I I don't know that there's going to be any big changes if, if it goes from, you know, from Mike to his son. I, I don't think there are any, going to be any, you know, I I could be wrong. It's total speculation. You know, maybe Chris is just running it in the best interest of his dad right now. But I I think he's a baseball fan. I, I think he's going to continue doing things the way they're doing, they're, they're going. And I, I, I honestly, I don't think it's something that you have to worry about.
0: Yeah, you get the impression then that Mike Illich wants this team to remain... In his family, kind of his legacy for the family.
2: Yeah, and I think the family enjoys sports too. I mean, mm-hmm. Chris Chris runs the Red Wings too, as far as I've seen. So you know, I I I think they're going to keep doing it. And you know, the Illich family is very Detroit oriented. Very, mm-hmm. you know, they 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 own a lot of it, of course, and it's also in their best interest as owners of a lot of downtown to have winning teams play downtown. So it it you know it's good business sense for them to own the Tigers to keep three million fans coming downtown every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really wouldn't expect to see any big changes. No. Yeah,
0: yeah, especially with the investment that's going on in uh, the Foxtown area with the new Red Wings uh, arena, which is going to be built in the next couple of years. And again, that's all. No, not, not that Illich is paying for all of it, but he's paying for a significant amount of it, at least the Illich family. Well, so. you know,
2: the city of Detroit shouldn't be paying for any of it, in my, in my opinion. Oh yeah, but we could
0: have a whole discussion about that. A that
2: city buying a stadium. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
0: Yeah, and there was a whole there was a very damning article in uh in Deadspin about uh just exactly what went down between uh uh how this stadium is going to get built. And, and you now there's a lot of points you could make in that uh the LHs could probably afford to build the whole damn thing themselves and there's no need to get tax money involved, but I think well, that's kind of a discussion for another time. Plus it's it's a Red Wings. We're not a Red Wings podcast, so but regardless, I, I do agree with you on that. But in the, in the big scheme of things, Mike Ellis has done a lot of good for Detroit, but doing a lot of good for Detroit has also been good for the family pocketbook. So uh, I guess we'll, we'll just leave it at that. All right, now there were some bad news out of Lakeland, and I think for the most part it's been very positive coming out of Lakeland until um, injuries cropped up, uh, the big one being Andy Dirks. He's going to be out three months. Uh, he's going to require back surgery, a type of surgery called a microdisectomy. I believe he's got uh, a piece of a uh, uh, of one of his disc in his uh, in his spine is pressing against a uh, uh, his spinal cord. So, and uh, if you ask me, I've been through, th- I've had three back surgeries, and even though they're calling it a minor surgery, n- there's no such thing as a minor back surgery. You know, this this is a pretty big deal. So the question is now. What will the Tigers do in regard to a left-handed bat and the platoon, if they're even going to roll with one now in left field? Um, Rajai Davis, you know, as solid as he is against left-handed pitching, he can't hit right-handers a lick. And from all accounts, the Tigers are looking to uh, fill Dirk's role internally, which could lead us to you know, seeing much more of Don Kelly, Steve Lombardozzi, maybe some guys in the minor leagues. Or or for that matter, you know, maybe even a trade. Because if if, uh, Patrick wrote a nice article about the Tigers' options on Bless You Boys. And it, it looked pretty dire, if you ask me. So, Hookslide, what's your take on what's going to happen in left field? Uh, would you roll with Rajai Davis full-time? Or would you look outside the organization for a quick fix?
1: I would scream and then jump out the window. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's your solution so- to everything.
1: It is. It really is. Because what else can you do at this point? I, I heard the news, you know, that, that Dirks was going to have to have back surgery. I just kind of—you've got to be kidding me! With mm-hmm. so many other question marks yeah. and open variables over this this team, uh, really? Now we got to deal with that. And and somebody pointed that out that you know, having Dirks uh, be a productive member of the team is critical. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just have the guy gone for three months. That's going to hurt. That's going to hurt a lot. And I I don't like the options, Um, you know, internally or or externally. No, you can't put Rajay Davis out there all the time because, as you, you know, pointed out, he can't hit the uh, the right-handers. And that's who they're going to be facing the majority of the time. Mm -hmm. So, I I mean, I guess if if Jim Leland were running the team, it'd be a no-brainer, you know, to say, we'll see see Don Kelly out there all the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) But what's that, Kurt? (laughs) I, I heard you say, hmm, "What's up?"
2: I, I was laughing. Oh, okay. I know I don't do it often. I'm out of practice, so <laughs> it might have sounded a bit awkward. I apologize.
0: Okay. Well, we're just shocked hearing any kind of a uh, laugh coming from such a curmudgeon. So. It's okay. Yeah, but well, well, Kurt, what what do you think is going to happen?
2: Brad was actually asked this question. You know, he's about outfield depth uh, a day or two. Maybe a day before, uh, before the, the news of Dirk came out, and Brad seemed comfortable with the outfield depth, and I'm not sure anyone else in the room actually believed the word he said. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I I am not comfortable with the outfield depth. Uh, I'm not comfortable with a single player. Uh, there's no one ready or, or good enough. You know, you can go, oh, Daniel Fields. No, Fields is not ready, and, and Carrera is not good enough. And, you know, it, it, you can just go on from there. It's, outfield depth was an issue and, and now with Gertzell for three months it's become a, a, a real issue and and everything Hope Slide said is pretty much right and, and you know Davis he he, he I, I think I think there's a chance that the Tigers fans might like him or I think there's a chance the Tigers fans might rip all their hair out because of mm-hmm. him uh more likely the latter but they they they're going to have to look outside the organization. I think uh, uh, that's really it seems to me that's really going to be the only way they can go.
0: Well, what about taking a flyer on Daniel Fields?
2: No.
1: No, You're not ready. Not ready. Oh yeah yeah. Well, um, maybe they can go and get two so far back. Maybe it's not too late.
2: Probably not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, so the question is, has he sent an email to Dave Dombrowski yet? As looking for a job, and then that's. I, mean, I don't know how many times I've heard that last year. Has,
2: has he posted any anything on Twitter like uh, like Tim Burdick? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: he <laughs> <laughs> took got a Craigslist ad.
0: <laughs>
1: Wanted to play in Detroit.
0: So, yeah, and that's going to be an ongoing uh, mystery at this point as to how the Tigers are going to fill that role. Uh, it does open up, likely open up, a, uh, a position for someone like Hernan Perez, uh, Obviously, they're going to need another uh, utility player of some sort, especially if Don Kelly and Lombardozzi may be spending time in left field. So, but yeah, I follow you guys. I'm really concerned about this. The the Tigers really need some uh, a little bit more pop from the left side, and they were hoping Dirks was going to be the 2012 version of himself, and you know, hopefully he'll come back stronger. But you know, with back surgeries, you just never know. All right. Speaking of injuries, there's also uh, another concerning one, and that's at shortstop with. Um, Jose Iglesias uh, dealing with what looks like it's going to be a chronic thing with him, and that is shin splints. Uh, Kurt, this is one of those things where all of a sudden that lack of depth is starting to sting the Tigers because there's, uh, the way things are looking, Dave Lombardozzi is going to be the main backup at shortstop. And uh, say what you will, he's, he's no Iglesias. No one's Iglesias. Yeah, <laughs>
2: that's you know no that that's the thing. No one is Iglesias. Iglesias is. It, you know, it, it, it's one of the best fielders people are ever going to watch. Mm-hmm. That, that's just how good he is. So no one's a glacier. But uh, yeah, uh, Lombardosi, uh, you know, he's out. I just had a cramp in my foot.
0: A uh, shin splints.
2: Oh, no, I'm on the DL myself. Yeah, uh, yeah Lombardozi, you know, Suarez, I don't think Suarez is going to be there. Uh, uh, I, yeah, it's basically Lombardosi or worse. And, uh, when you're looking at those options, you're you're not really going to be all that easy either way.
0: Yeah, and I guess the scary part about this slide is the is that the Tigers, even though they haven't really said it, they seem to be leaning toward this being a chronic genetic issue of a glaciers, and this is something that may I won't say derail his career, but this is something he's going to have to uh, likely have to play through,
1: and the yeah. fear is it's going to decrease his effectiveness. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, it seems like. He had this issue, you know, towards the end of the year last year, mm-hmm. and to have it to have it kind of you know prop up like that so soon, and we're talking about spring training, you know, yeah. or whatever, and it's kind of like, it, it's too soon. It's way too soon to well, be having that, those kind of problems. Oh,
2: well, it isn't. It's not. It, you know, Ke- Kevin Rand, the trainer, said he thought the reason it popped up is because you know Iglesias spends all, all year training on a different surface. He gets out into the field mm-hmm. and you know he goes from a hard surface to a soft surface, and that's why why Kevin thought it popped up.
1: Right, and I mean, I heard that that same comment or explanation, but I still kind of thought, okay, really? I mean, you're an athlete, you know? Oh, I went from one surface to another, and oh, my shins are busted. You know that that does to me say, yeah, you got you got a problem then, that whether it's you know. Well,
2: he has a problem,
0: yeah. Yeah, it it, it really shows that maybe he should train, change his off season preparations, <laughs> if, you know, if that's what the Tigers believe. So, but yeah, it's a, a definitely concern. Obviously, he'll likely be healthy for. For opening day, but again, this is one of those things that's going
1: to be another question mark. Is the health of glaciers? Is it going to keep coming up because yeah, it's moving from well, they're, one they're surface trying, to another?
2: Yeah. So they're trying know, to, to to figure a way to, to keep it minimal.
1: Well, you just go, God, what happens when they go to play on the Astro turf? Yeah, you, well, you took the words right out of my mouth. Exactly. Well, I'm yeah. Sorry.
2: They, I think they you know they're doing. I think they're they're looking into orthopedics and stuff like that. Uh, mm. I, you know, he said it bothers him most when when he's trying to slow down. You know, when he's running the first or whatever, it, it bothers him when he stops. Well, now. he
0: should be like Forrest Gump and just never it, stop running. It, <laughs> and he, he
2: said it, maybe it bothers him a little bit when he's fielding, but it's mostly when he's running.
0: Yeah. Well, I, again, this is he just. He would play
2: the regular season, though. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think people could read too much into the stats dropping off at the end of last year because what we saw in the final month of last year, uh, the regular season, was Iglesias. Mm-hmm. You know, people got all confused by Iglesias actually being able to hit the ball and hitting like 300-something. That's not Iglesias. Look at his minor league numbers. He got rushed by the Red Sox, uh, you know, started at too high of a level, too young, and he never, you know, think Kale Yorg, you know, however you pronounce it, you know. Think of him, you know. It's kind of like the glitz. He So he's he's just not not a real great batter, and, and his numbers at the end of the year were a lot closer to his career average than mm. than his numbers for the rest of the season. So you know, uh, the shin splints that might have affected it, but uh, you know, regression had to play a big role.
0: Yeah, yeah. So he's not going to be a 300 hitter. You know, he may grow into it because you know, looking back at Alan Trammell and Lou Whitaker, for example. They when they came up they were slap hitters. I Lou Whitaker could even pull the ball as a rookie, but obviously they turned into well, the very special guys at the plate. We can hope that Iglesias will grow into becoming a, at least a relatively productive, you know, number nine hitter or something like that. But again, more question marks. God forbid. All right, let's move into the Ian Kinsler portion of the podcast. Uh, there's been a lot of Kinsler talk over the past few weeks. We'll start with the, um, I guess the less controversial one, and that is uh, Alan Trammell says he has no problem with Ian Kinsler wearing number three. And this is one of those things where I think it really seems to upset fans more than anything else and, than, uh, I think, players. And that is uh, the one and three, uh, Lou Whitaker and Alan Trammell's numbers now being in the middle of the infield again. Uh, but I think Trammell may have had the best take on this, even though he might have be you know, he's just a nice guy and he's just, you know, he's not with the team anymore. And, you know, he can afford to be magnanimous, but as he put it, I didn't care what number I had as long as they gave me a number. So uh, in some ways, so excited, like, this is kind of a, uh, a tempest in a teapot, but uh, it wouldn't have bothered me if the Tigers had just kept Trammell's uh, number out of circulation altogether.
1: Oh, I don't think it matters. Yeah. Really? <laughs> like you said, it's, it's a number. Who cares what you've got? You know, what I uh, you know I just I I find it very hard to get at all worked up about some player taking a number that belonged to a player that I like, you know. Yeah. Just doesn't I, I love Gibson. He was my all time favorite, you know, and what happened to twenty three? Well, you know it's it's gonna keep you know, it's gonna keep getting circulated. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and if, if fans have issues with it, then they really should have more issues not with Trammell or Kinsler or anybody else, but with the Tigers and for that matter the BBWAA for not putting them in the Hall of Fame and the Tigers' um, goofy insistence that players need to be Hall of Fame bound or may be in the Hall of Fame to have their numbers retired unless they think otherwise, and that's a whole different discussion. Uh, I know, Kurt, you probably feel the same way. This is really uh not much of anything to really worry about. This is one of those things that fans seem to get more worked up about than anything else, but I do have to give uh, Kinsler credit for and when Trammell said that Kinsler actually asked him for permission to word a number.
2: Oh yeah, uh, you know, and and I know we'll talk a little bit more about Kinsler soon, but yeah. <laughs> I, I I I you know, I got the impression from talking to him that that's what, that's how Kinsler is, I honestly. And and like okay, it's just a number. Who cares? You know, it's not like it's not like he came into uh, came into the Red Wings and asked for number nine or something. Yeah,
0: yeah. Or, or number five, which was just retired last night. But
1: but you know it, what I say? Yeah. What do you say? I say we're we're in the modern age now. Let's replace the numbers with QR codes. Yeah, that would give each each player their own unique QR
0: code. Pass barcodes on the QR codes. You are thinking of the future.
1: Yes, and then as the guy is, like, running down the line or whatever, you can click, snap the QR code with your phone and get all his stats. It would would be awesome.
2: I think he's on to something. Yeah,
1: I think you better contact a
0: a patent lawyer or something. Real
2: quick, before this runs.
0: I got to go, guys. (laughs) All right, more Kinsler. And this is the one that caused a lot more controversy and caused Kinsler to do a little, I wouldn't say backpedaling, but going to the, as I like to call, the last refuge of a scoundrel when he said he was, his quotes were taken out of context. But he trashed the Rangers in in an article for ESPN. He comes off as very bitter about the trade, wishing uh, the Rangers would go 0 and 162, uh, saying, I hope they lose their ass, he called General Manager Don, John Daniels a sleazeball, uh, blaming him for pushing Nolan Ryan out of the front office. He's no, no, Ryan's no longer involved with the Rangers at all. And he also added that uh, this, I don't, I, I won't, this doesn't bother me too much, but I know it will bother some fans. When he uh, mentioned that he was asked to take on a leadership role with the Rangers that he really didn't want to do. Um, now Kinsler is claiming that well the quotes were somewhat taken out of context. I, I was trying maybe joking a little bit, though ESPN posted audio of the conversation. So, um, Kurt, I know you spoke to Kinsler down there, and you were just saying he you know he came off as as a decent guy. But I I don't I'll say this I don't blame the guy for being bitter about being traded. You know he lost his job to essentially an unproven rookie, a talented rookie in in pro far, but still an unproven rookie. And uh, you know, I, I can I can understand a guy who has been a career ranger who, who essentially they, he was pushed out of his job, wasn't given a chance to beat out Profar, and just said we're going to unload you because well, you know it's a business. Well, yeah, I can, I don't blame him for at least being a little bit bitter. Oh
2: sure, I mean who wouldn't be bitter? Yeah. You know, and, and this is this brings this brings up we always want our athletes to be honest. We mm-hmm. want. We don't want them to give the cliché quote. We want them to say something honest. And as soon as they do, it's a game of gotcha. Yeah. So, you know, Kinsler, he, he actually, and I haven't heard the audio. You know, there's a lot of time when someone's making a joke, and you could tell they're making a joke in person, and then you could type the quote, and it would sound deadly serious. But, you know, uh, Tony Paul listened to it, and he posted something on, on, at the news website, and he seemed to think Kinsler was, you know, being pretty brutally honest here. Mm -hmm. from the contact he heard. So I'm I'll, I'll believe Tony on this one and and say, Kinsler was probably quoted correctly and in the correct context. But, you know, when I, when I talked to him, you you would have, you would mistake him for a rookie, you know, Mm that soft spoken and answered, you know, answered all my questions thoroughly, you know, very nice guy. But uh, I was surprised that he would actually have given such awesome quotes to somebody. And I was a little bit annoyed, but yeah, but uh, yeah, I, you know, he, he 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 can be mad. I, I non-controversy. This is a non-controversy. So much crap. is just a non-controversy.
0: Yeah, it's it, more than anything. I think it just got Rangers fans stirred up more than anything else. And uh, and I agree with you that, that this is exactly the kind of thing you would you want to hear from uh, from ball players, that it, unvarnished uh, quotes that really in how they feel. And then it becomes very unfortunate when people, you know, when all of a sudden people get offended by it, which is, you know, ridiculous. Um, when it comes to the leadership stuff, uh, Hookslide, I, actually, I give Kinsler credit. Some guys just aren't cut out to take on that kind of role. And if Kinsler knows he's not that kind of guy and that'd be trying to fit a, you know, a square peg into a round hole, then I'd I, I say more power to somebody who realizes that I don't have that capability in me. I'm, I'm just not that kind of guy, and if he was being forced into that role it, maybe that's he did and maybe tried to affect his play so in some ways, it's probably a much better situation for him because the Tigers already have established leadership,
1: and he can just do what he wants and play his game. yeah, he doesn't need to fill that role and and i I have to think back enough that I've read the article or or one related to it mm. Mm-hmm a couple of days ago and the names have escaped me. So I'm, I'm absolutely worthless at this point trying to even tell you what, what I'm about to tell you. But from what I recall, it had more to do with that. Uh, the Rangers got rid of a couple of key veterans. Yeah. Michael Young. Yep. And thank you. That's the name. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that he was more saying, look, they just took away our leadership and now I'm being, uh, you know, by default, I have to kind of, you know, step into that role and I'm not ready for it. I don't think it had more to do with him saying I, I'm not a leader. Yeah. Because I think he can be. I think it was more saying, "How dare they rip out the, the structure?" You mm. know, and like so you don't don't get rid of the the, the key uh, leadership guys already on the team. That's just bad for the team. You know, so um, as far as the rest of it though, it's you know, hey, I hope the Rangers go over one sixty two as well. You know? <laughs> Me <laughs> and, too. Uh, yeah. You know why not? And and as far as John Daniels, I don't know. Is he a sleazeball? Maybe he is. From a lot of angles, yeah, that's true. I kind of look there at that a, and go There with was with a good you.
2: argument made for it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, you and, are, then, and, then you, and you
2: are. I'm going to take Nolan Ryan's side. Maybe just I'm old school. I'm yeah. taking Nolan Ryan's side. So if, if Ryan is now with the Astros because of disagreements with the Rangers, there's probably something wrong with the Rangers.
0: Yeah, and, right. and and to and I would say this: any man who thinks Ron Washington is a capable manager, well, I think
1: it gives me a couple of question marks about his, about him right there. So. I just – I can't imagine somebody saying that about uh, Dave Dombrowski. Yeah. You know, and – or if someone did say it, I can't imagine anyone taking it seriously. Yeah. Oh, These and polos. that's a great you, point. Yeah. You make your own reputation. You know, if mm-hmm. you're a sleazeball, then own it. Wear
0: it. Yeah. yeah. All you can say about Dave Dombrowski is that he he likes to wear polos. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe sleazeball. that's kind of bad. Yeah. <laughs> he wears sleazy polos. But uh, all right. um, it's more, that was essentially the Tempest in a Teapot portion of the podcast. Let's, uh, start kind of winding our way to down the home stretch. And, uh, let's talk about Nick Castellanos. Uh, right now he seems to be having a fairly productive spring. But it looks like he is, you know, but there's already been talk, especially from the, well, I hate to say, put, use the term idiots, but they are idiots on sports talk radio. Who would say, well, let's just move him back into the outfield and maybe move Iglesias to shortstop and then you can sign Stephen move Iglesias to third base and sign Stephen Drew to play shortstop and start screwing up this kid again, now, which I find actually ridiculous. I think at this point he's a third baseman, leave him there. But when it gets to that point, what happens if he flames out? It really looks like the Tigers don't have a plan B at third base other than moving Cabrera back. So, Kurt, what's your take on third base? Is it Nick Castellanos or bust, or uh, is there any kind of plan B if Castellanos gets off to a bad start?
2: Well, you know, they, they would say they feel comfortable, and 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 I would not be real comfortable. <laughs> what what's going on over there?
0: <laughs> I dropped my drink. <laughs>
2: oh, Al is destroying the place. Uh, okay, but I. I from what I saw of Castellanos, I'd be comfortable. Uh, his bat is not an issue. His bat is really, really good. I mean, it was, my, it was the first time I actually get to watch this kid much, and it, he is exciting. My goodness, you watch him in batting practice, holy crap. You watch him in the game, just as good. The only thing, the only concern is that he isn't making all of the routine plays at, at third yet. But he just moved back from the outfield. Smith said, you know, he's a lot closer to home plate than he used to be Mm-hmm. Uh Give him a month. He's probably gonna be making most of these plays. Ausmus isn't concerned. I don't think I'd be too concerned. he's not you know he's he's not going to be like a gold glove third baseman or anything at all like that, but he's gonna make the plays that a third baseman has to make he, He's better than Cabrera. He said you know he he I, I asked him what he what he what he liked about his game at third He said he, you know he he felt like his arm is strong and accurate he he likes the going on the bunt. you know he feels comfortable uh i I saw him make I think two. Two, not errors I think both mm. of them got real hits but two things you, you you believe he should have actually been able to make a play on but like 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 I say he, he he's gonna be fine at third base not spectacular but he's gonna get the job done he's fast going can impress people I I would feel I would feel comfortable that he's actually gonna succeed I, I, I don't think there's really reason to worry
0: yeah and uh, look, slide. any talk of moving him to the outfield is I'll just say, do you think that's crazy talk at this point? He's a third baseman, leave him there.
1: Uh, Well, more, I guess, to your earlier point of saying just leave the kid alone. Put put him on a track and and leave him on that track. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the back and forth, back and forth is just going to destroy, you know, any hope of having any production in the process. So if he's a third, let's go a third. And, and, yeah, I think it is kind of stupid to say, well, no, send him in the left now that Dirk's is out and we'll move everything back around. Stop!
2: Doc. Leave Nikki
1: alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Kurt, Kurt. Uh, yes. Just curious. Having seen him play, you know, in person, um, do you think he's going to uh, live up to the to the projections that we were looking at a couple months ago?
2: The bat is amazing. Really? I mean, and he's got. He's. I mean, you know. he, he, yeah, he hit the first home run for the Tigers in the spring training. You know. <laughs> Uh, he he yeah. he looks like he's got the power. You know, it's not like he's got 30 home run power, but 15. Yeah, I I can see 15 or 20. I I, I think he's going to live up to it. It blows my mind. But oh. I was I was as impressed with with Nick watching him as you know pretty much anyone. So
1: that's cool. Very cool. I mean, because we only got to see him for a couple games last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, in September
2: didn't... and yeah. And he yeah. You know. I
1: was not but, impressed. You but know, Mike, you both...
2: Look at Mike Kraut's September, though. I mean, not yeah. that he's Mike Kraut, but if you look at Mike Kraut's first you know, first month in the big leagues, his stats were kind of crappy. And then he became Mike Kraut, and, you know, so you can't judge by September. Yeah, I think Trammell and Whitaker sucked in, in September, and then they became <laughs> Hall of Fame caliber. So, it, you know, it's no big deal. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess the the best uh, thing that from Kurt's take to take from this is that the Tigers weren't overhyping one of their prospects, at least when it comes to uh, offensive talent, and that was one of the fears I think with the fan base is that they were maybe overselling Castellanos a little bit because it's been so long since the Tigers have actually had an impact type position player prospect, and you know, if, if Castellanos can live up to that, and it sounds like he can, uh, that's exactly the kind of player this type, this team needs—a young inexpensive cost controlled player they're going to have under control for these six next six, seven years. So fingers crossed. All right. Uh, more ESPN stuff. And that is, uh, David Seanfield asked a question in regards to the tigers and that, how are they going to replace Prince fielders production? Uh, and, and that leads to the, uh, at least in my mind that I, I, the lack of power I'm seeing in this team is kind of scary. Uh, Schoenfeld says that the Kinsler-Castellanos will roughly produce about 20 to 25 runs less than Fielder and Omar Infante. Let alone, you're taking out the production of Johnny Peralta, who was uh, the best offensive shortstop in, in, in the American League for the most part of last year. Uh, the Tigers are hoping that improved defense will make up that difference. And obviously, they're, they're great starting pitching. The question is, will it? Well as our view hook slide, do you think that the the uh, as kurt said he this this is a vastly different Tigers team, far different from what we're used to seeing, moving from a power hitting plotting team to a defense speed uh, you know uh, multi you know gap to uh, gap type team on offense so we're we've we've seen very little p- p- uh, power in the spring so far. We're seeing a lot more in a way of being aggressive on the bases uh can the tigers make up that lost production strictly with defense and speed
1: I, i'm skeptical yeah. of of the argument that says the defense makes up you know for the lack of the offense because I, I don't think it does uh, and generally speaking generally mm-hmm. speaking uh but i guess maybe even more so my skepticism comes from just looking at the tigers uh defense and saying i know they got better but they didn't get good mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what i'm saying they got yeah they got, they got different. Yeah, they got different. More than anything else.
0: Yeah, I mean, they got better
1: in relation to who they were the year before. Yeah. You know, but that's not hard to do when you set the bar that low. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm not saying you know like oh you know, they become this all star gold glove team. Um, yeah, but I still think it's you know when you look at it in the big context of the, the rest of the uh, American League Central, you know that the, the they can afford to lose I think some run production and still come out on top.
0: Yeah, Kurt, you saw this team in person. You know, just, more than just bit, you haven't seen really the the full lineup in a game. You know, for a complete game, but you're seeing bits and pieces of the strategy. Uh, my fear is that they're really going to miss a lot of that power that they had from the middle of the order. You now, say what you will about Victor Martinez being a professional type hitter, he doesn't have 20 home run power. You know, the, the hope that Castellanos can develop into that player, but I think it's I think it's a little bit much asking him to you know, produced 20 or 25 home runs in his rookie year. So uh, I, I guess that, that's my fear of this team, Kurt, is that, you know, they may be improved defensively. They're going to be better in the base paths, but there's a lot of offensive production that's now missing from this team. And I have a feeling there's going to be stretches. We're going to be very, very frustrated uh, with by this team un- being unable to have big innings, you know, because you won't see that three-run homer except for Miguel Cabrera.
2: Well, I think they're going to score less. Don't, yeah. don't get me wrong. I think they're going to score less. I don't think it's going to be as dramatic as people think. Mm. Uh, the, the reason is that their own awful base running shot themselves in the foot repeatedly. They yeah. they were a team that was number one in average, number two in on-base percentage, or, or number two in average, number one in on You know, They were among the very best in the MLB in both, and yet they weren't. Converting it into runs because they were so awful on the base pass. They're not awful on the base pass anymore. They're, you know, you're, you're seeing you're seeing them take that extra 90 feet, and, and and it's going to make a difference. So, You know, and despite how many runs we we you know we talk about, oh, but uh, you know they they still got shut out a crap load of times last yes, year. they did. So it wasn't consistent. It was you know they're 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 going you know. Eight runs, nine runs, zero runs, eight runs, one run, you know, bouncing the, all the frick over the place because you can't count on the home run to, to score runs. I mean, you, you need power. You need you definitely need power. But you can look and find teams that have more power than the Tigers scoring less runs because power isn't everything. Uh, what they have now is a better combination, some power, some better base running. Uh, it's going to be a team. I think that's a little more consistent. Uh, like I said, I think it's going to score fewer runs when you get to the end of the year, sure. But uh, I think it's going to be a team that maybe frustrates fans a little bit less because they're making their own runs instead of hoping somebody in the middle of the order hits a three-run home run. So, uh, yeah. It's, and, and as far as Hook's slide says, yeah, people are overhyping the change of defense. It's mm-hmm. not. They're not going to go from the you know the bottom of the barrel to the top. They're going from the bottom of the barrel to the middle of the barrel, but it's going to make a difference. They're, they're going to give up fewer runs. Uh, they're going to score fewer runs. I, I think the run differential is going to be less, obviously. Last year's run differential should have translated to 100 wins. Right. This year's run differential might only translate to 92 wins, but they might have 92 wins. So, I, I you know, I, I think we're going to see a team that wins in, a, in, a, in the low to mid-90s. Uh, just like last year, despite the fact it looks different.
0: Yeah, and uh, I think, I really do think the uh, the media is overstating uh, the improvement in the Indians and Royals. I'm more worried about the Royals than the Indians at this point. The Indians were a very lucky team last year, and they've lost a shit ton of pitching. So, uh, you know, this is still the team to beat in the Central is the Tigers. But, yeah, it's... it's I guess
2: Vegas likes them too.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. They, and they haven't pegged for about as Kurt said, 92, 93 wins, and they are the favorite to make the World Series if you want to make a bet. So, uh, still a good team. It's going to be different. I have a feeling we're going to have a few, uh, especially early on in the season. It's going to be a kind of a jar to the system <laughs> watching this new type team play. So,
2: but it's pleasurable. Trust yeah, me. it's it's a it's a team that's more fun to watch. I think people are going to see that
0: well and from uh and you would want to the one that's seen them. we have we've had very little tv of the uh, of the tigers up here in michigan it is so yeah so you know so i take your word for it i hope to, i hope you're right i you, you have it listening on the radio haven't you Oh, of I'm course always, but, I'm always okay. right. but yeah i get you know but i i get knocked off track when jim price says what a nice area that is or he starts <laughs> reading heavily so Pratt city
2: nice area
0: yeah that's a nice area all right, uh, let's start wrapping up this podcast uh, with one last little more lighthearted subject. It, it turns out Justin Verlander has major first-world problems. Uh, he bought a $400,000 Lamborghini Lamborghini Aventor, which he waited two years to get, but now he has nine cars and only an eight-car garage. Oh, no. Uh, life sure sucks for Justin Verlander, doesn't it, Floyd? <laughs> <laughs> That's just- Creating a supermodel, you know, it doesn't have enough room for his cars.
1: Oh, uh-huh. you know. Making
0: Tory Hunter kiss alligators. Currently uh, in Florida right
1: now, enjoying the warm weather. Yeah, yeah
0: it's it's oh, a warm it life, for
1: Justin. It really <laughs> is. <laughs> All
0: right, let's wrap up this podcast because we want to keep it under an hour, and we're on track to do that. So, uh, holy crap! Yeah, I know. It, it's <laughs> well, it's spring and. Uh, you know, I have a feeling we may have a few uh, episodes so during the season that will take us a little longer. So, so
2: we're not in mid-season form.
0: No, we're, we're still, we're still in, the, in the spring training ourselves.
2: I am I'm always getting in the mid-season job done. form. Okay. Yes. Okay, I get it. <laughs> <Just> so <laughs> I understand. Getting the job done on time, not mid-season form.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. Anything you guys like to add? Anything you want to – any final thoughts you want to add for the podcast, looks like?
1: I, actually no, I don't. I'm starving, and I'm glad that we're coming in under an hour, or so <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna prolong that. And Kurt, how about yourself? Anything else you want to say?
2: Well, I'd say don't go to spring training unless you're prepared to go there every year, because it, it really is fabulous, and and that's just being in Florida.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you there. It's uh, Florida is a, uh, it's beautiful. Uh, I'll just leave. You know, it's been a couple years since I've been able to make it to Florida, and I'm dying to go back.
2: The first words off my mouth, out of my mouth, when I stepped under the jetway in Detroit, were all swear words. Yes. I believe I said, <laughs> "Holy shit, it's cold here." <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that was before you even got to the UP. That was Atlanta Metro, wasn't
2: it? I, I dri- no, that, that was Tampa Metro. I fly through Tampa. By the way, Tampa is a, a wonderful airport. If you it's close, it's fine. Fly through Tampa. So uh, that's my that's my travel tip. You'll you'll thank me for it. Uh, but. Yeah, and when I got to the UP, it I moved straight up to the F word. But I was I was I only spent a week in Florida, but by the end I was complaining because the air conditioner was too high in the bathroom.
0: <laughs> yeah, that and the giant bugs. So, all right, uh, a couple just a couple other things. Uh, if you want to learn more about Kurt's adventures in Lakeland, he wrote a post about it that's on the front page of Bless You Boys today as we're recording this. All about Lakeland and his adventures there and, and his recommendations if you want to travel down there. And also, I highly recommend checking out, uh, uh, we have a guest post from uh, uh, at Live Commenter on Twitter. Uh, as as the title says of his post, Tiger's probably going to suck more than last year. And it's, it's a worthwhile read. Uh, <laughs> trust me, just read it. Uh, all right, let's wrap and up. At
2: first, this. I thought Hope Slide wrote it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I was... No, I thought I wrote it because all the typos. So. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> All right, so let's wrap up this uh, this dog and pony show. So, um, Hookslide, where can the fans find you on Twitter? At Hookslide BYB. Kurt, as how about yourself?
2: Um, you can find my baseball thoughts at Blesty Boys, and you can find me whining about the fact I'm not in Florida at BYB Kurt.
0: And of course, you can find me at Big Al BYB on Twitter. And of course, you can find all of us pretty much every day at bless you boys uh, coming up with all kinds of fun and entertaining co- uh, content for your perusal. So please keep visiting the site. Oh, and for that matter, also make sure to check out our Facebook page. We're making a concerted effort to get a, a, a lot, of content there. It's posted a lot of pictures there. Uh, so please, it's uh, find us on Facebook. It, the easiest way to do It's just, when you go to Facebook, search bless you boys and like our page, please like our page. All right, and of course, you can find this podcast at the usual places. Um, you're on iTunes. All you have to do is, when you do search for Bless You Boys, make sure it's the Blog Talk Radio feed, because I believe you can still see the old one on there before we switch to Blog Talk Radio. Don't get confused. I've had a few people yell at me on Twitter, where's your podcast? Oh, it's, it's the other feed, guys. So that's what, all you need to do. So, uh, And also, uh, I want to welcome Greg Eno to the site. Greg is, uh, has joined us as, uh, as a writer. Uh, he's a good friend of ours, and be, uh, please look out for his content every week. And uh, he's been a great addition to the site. So with that, let's wrap this up. So until this time next week, hopefully, this is Al Beaton saying good afternoon and good
1: luck along with Hookslide. This has been Travel Tips with Kurt. and and
2: Kurt. (laughs) It's friggin' snowing and I hate it.
1: Hopefully, Kurt
0: will be in a better mood on the next... Never. (laughs) ...the next bless you boys time. That's good advice. Thanks, big fella.